Hey friends, Amanda here. I want to take a moment to share something our podcast partner, Food for the Hungry, has set up for you, our She Reads Truth community, to encourage you during Advent. Get daily Advent scriptures texted straight to your phone every day free. Simply text FOOD to 484848 to sign up. All right, let's get to the show. Merry Christmas and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. And this is week three of our Advent series. Rachel, Christmas is really coming. It is right around the corner. It's this right around is the getting corner. good. And we are loving reading scripture with you guys. And this week we have our new friend, Jillian Edwards with us. Jillian is a singer songwriter. She has a newish album out called Meadow and she has an album coming out in January with our dear friend, Ellie Holcomb. That group is called The Dailies. And Jillian is also a she who reads truth with us. She has been reading scripture with the She Reads Truth community for a long time. And it was just such a joy to finally meet her face to face. We loved talking about scripture with this new friend. And we think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So let's go. So Jillian, we've never actually met. I'm so Any happy the, it's happening Neither right of now. us have met you. And so oftentimes we know our guests before mm-hmm. they're on the podcast. Yes. But I'm excited about this because this is what we keep saying is that like this is a thing that we can do as followers of Jesus is that we can just sit down with one another mm-hmm. and open the word I and read. So and much. so we're going to get to do that with you. I'm so grateful. <laughs> the one so and only grateful. Jillian Edwards. Oh my goodness. Well, Thanks for having me. I just love, there's just that baseline. Anytime you get to connect with, again, we don't know each other, but we're getting to sit down and anytime you get to connect with a believer, you have this very, the most important thing in common. Yes. Yeah. And I just love that we have an instant friendship. And yes. you get to yes. just sit with us and we're going to open God's word together, which was written for me and it was written for you and written for every, and Amanda. Sorry, Thanks. I was going to skip right past you. Fine, that's you fine. Uh, and for everyone that is listening and joining yes. us today. Yeah. And so I'm excited to just jump into Advent week three. Yes. Christmas is coming. Christmas. Like impending. Like it's it is almost here. Looming. And... I think it's worth also mentioning that one connection we do have with you, Jillian, yes. is our mutual friend, Ellie Holcomb, Ellie. who's going to be on next week's episode, Christmas week. With that Drew be and so his beard. wonderful. So similarly to how if we know Jesus, yeah. we feel an instant connection. If you know Ellie Holcomb, she's like the glue that holds Nashville together. It's yeah. so true. You heard it here it's first. It's so true. But it really is. She's one of those people that's been here since birth. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. so, A yeah. rare a rare one. She's a connector. And you and Ellie are working on an album or have worked on an album. Yes. You're releasing one. Yes. Like Talk soon. to us about it. Yes. She just, I don't know why, just out of the kindness of her heart. When I first moved here, she kind of just befriended me and I was meeting people to co-write with and she was one of them. And over the years, we've just compiled songs and we finally this year said, wait a minute, we have all these songs. Let's do something with them. So we're putting them out in the world this year. So That's grateful so too. And the album is called The Dailies. The oh, Dailies. No. Is that right? 
The dailies. Drew named us <laughs> the dailies. Good job, Drew. Um, yes. Uh, a few years ago, we were just starting to write songs together, Ellie and I, and we were like, one day, sometime, we should do something <laughs> with these. And but it was one of those first co-writes that Drew said, "I know what y'all are called. You're called the dailies." And we're like, done. It just feels like, like a like sunny, it. yeah, like you know, daily, everyday thing. So we're into it. Right. It just <laughs> so feels right. The music well, for ordinary time. And, yes. oh, I like that. Yeah, that's your tagline. Oh, thank you. Yeah, sure. I love here that. For that. Yeah. Um, and it also, it feels like 2020 is the time when you take all the songs that you've written together and Absolutely. you're like, hey, we should just, let's go ahead and do this. None of us are touring this year. Yeah. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. So we're, I know we're gonna finding Make a reasons record. to release things. Yes. Love it. Thank you. And well, so we are three new and old friends, yes. and we are sitting in the third week of Advent. And for our friends listening who maybe haven't heard the first two episodes in the series or are just joining the Shiri's Truth podcast, welcome. Or new to Advent or altogether. Or new to Advent altogether. I think that's welcome. a lot of people. I'm sort of new to Advent. Okay. Yes. We're going to talk Mike. about that. <laughs> I want to. I w- yes. In fact, I kind of want to divert right now. Squirrel, yes. I want to talk about that. <laughs> When was the first time that you celebrated Advent as a series, like as a season? This is probably my first most structured one. Um, Yeah, to be honest, I think over the last few years, definitely not in my childhood life. Yeah. Didn't even, I don't think I really even heard that word or it didn't register necessarily. So it's really just been the past few years that I've even been aware of okay. it. I don't know if that's crazy or not. That's but not, it's not crazy. I that's pretty common. That, I think so too. I think that a lot of our community um, is new to Advent. I mean, Rachel and I were both new to Advent mm-hmm. at the beginning of She Reads Truth. I wasn't, but... Well, I mean, but to... Were you not? Not really. I mean, probably when I... Like maybe 14, 15 years ago. Like when I started okay. having babies. Oh. Our church does Advent. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. my church had done it, yeah. but I just thought it was like... Oh, you just light a candle on Sundays and a family stands up and reads mm-hmm. a scripture and that was the end of it. But like the daily the Advent readings. Yeah. Or yeah. like maybe an Advent calendar. So like the concept, but I'd never um like a to really focus my heart. Joining the Capital C Advent. Church yeah. in the church calendar and going like, hey, this actually deserves a season and not just deserves, but merits. That's kind of a synonym, (laughs) but um, it's actually a much better when you Mm -hmm. um, really take the time to every day kind of read and unpack. And so this year, I mean, at She Reads Truth, every year we do an Advent series and Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different. We kind of approach it a little bit differently. Um, Mm -hmm. And this year we're approaching it from, you know, the concept of Jesus Christ is born and taking, you know, 20 different reading days to kind of answer the why to that. Why that. was Jesus born? And so this week we have five reasons and we're going to talk about those yes. today. I'm yes. so excited. I'm going to um, read them. Can yeah. Read tell them? us, tell us our reasons right. that we're going to talk about this, this week. week. Our five topics this week, Jesus Christ is born to show us perfect love, to heal our wounds, to be the lamb of God to be the first fruits of the resurrection, and to make all things new. So each of these deserves its own week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it feels yeah. like. These are big concepts. Big. Yeah. So big. And I think like it's not even that Advent makes Christmas better. Like it's not a better Mm-mm. thing. It's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like Advent mm-hmm. is an opportunity to wait and to acknowledge who Jesus is and that there's a longing. There was mm-hmm. and there still is mm-hmm. a longing 
for Jesus. Like mm-hmm. the capital L longing in our lives yes. is for Jesus. Mm-hmm. It feels and, like it's like Advent is putting a name to a season that's already there yes, a little bit. Yeah. And just sort of like naming it makes you do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Or that's at least how it is for me. So while it feels like new to me, it also feels like, oh, yeah, this feels is, right. Yes. Yes, exactly. I agree. It really does. We talked about this last week when we, um, Amanda and I sat down with Natalie Grant and Bernie Herms. Um, and as we kind of walked through the reasons, those five reasons that we talked about last week, it was helpful to kind of go, okay, but how does, if Jesus came to show us how to live, you know, mm-hmm. how does that make me more ready for Christmas? And so as we kind of like, not only said the, here's the reason why, but how does that prepare me uh, for Jesus to come, that helped me kind of draw that final connection point that I needed. It made it feel very Adventy to me to kind of go like, oh, actually, because that baby in the manger was the only person who could show me how to mm-hmm. live. And he came as a baby and he came as a human. And that's why this is special. Um, mm-hmm. And so even as we look ahead to this week, I'm excited to kind of ask that question some of those days. Yes, I think it also gives me to look at scripture through the lens of Advent. Mm-hmm. And the waiting for Jesus, it gives me a new understanding or a a different angle at which to look at Scripture and a deeper understanding because all of Scripture is about Jesus, right? Like Jesus says that, like the Mm -hmm. prophets were talking about me. Yeah. And so when we're reading these passages, some of them are what we would call traditional Advent passages, but then some very much aren't. Like some we were talking last week, I've never read the Beatitudes in the context of Advent, Mm -hmm. you know? But when I do, it's like fireworks in my heart and mind because I'm like, yes, this is why Jesus came. This is actually very Christmassy. Yeah, everything is. I mean, in one sense, you know, the whole Bible is just pushing us, appointing us to to this, to the the baby in the manger and the life that he'll live. And um, yeah, it's the gospel. Yeah. So... Speaking of the baby in a manger, yes, Jillian, <laughs> you is a baby time in a to manger. pop the yeah. time to pop the question. <laughs> you wrote a song, yes, yes, and it's called Mary's Lullaby. Yes, talk to us about. Did you write this song? Was it a co-write? Did you solo? Like, talk to us about this song, and then. Y'all, spoiler alert, she's going to play and sing this for us. And I heard it before we hit record. <laughs> I heard the first round, and it's just such a treat. I'm so it's excited. But talk to us about writing that song. Thank you. This song I wrote um, a few years ago, just thinking about Mary. And I guess as I have a three-year-old, she was turned three on Sunday. And um, <laughs> yes, and so as a new mom, I think I was either pregnant or had just had her around the Christmas season that I wrote Mary's Lullaby and was just thinking about the sort of practical side of Jesus's mom, like mama bear. Mm -hmm. And just from start to finish of Jesus's life on earth, thinking about, you know, the longing and the love and affection that Mary as his mom must have had for him. And then to grieve the loss of him, but also rejoice that because of, you know, what it would lead to. And then even all the way until she was reunited with him, you know, in heaven, like it's mind blowing to think about the joy that, I don't know what that reunion must, there must have been very like. unique relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just like thinking about it. So saying about it a little. <laughs> Let's do it. Will you sing it I for us I would love now? to. 
Thanks for letting me play. I mean, truly, what a beautiful way to get to start. I mean, to truly start the episode, because I feel like everything that led up to that was fine. fine. (laughs) But goodness, when you first kind of ran through that before we hit record, Jillian, you finished and I said, how do I get to be in this room right now? Because your voice is so special. Mm-hmm. It's so special. Thank you. And also that song is so, like it feels like a sweet holy moment even here as yeah. you sing about a holy moment. Thank um, you. So thank you for singing that for us. I feel so grateful to get to be here and <laughs> sing and be alive. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> it's also sweet like to really usher us into, you know, the reading and to like talk about yeah. as we open our Bibles and our study books and talk about that Jesus came to show us perfect love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's beautiful because a lot of times the closest we can come when we're trying to understand the love of the father is parental love, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, I love my own child and scripture even does that. Right? right. It draws that connection for us. But what we are going to look at right now is that perfect love has only been done once. Yes. (laughs) And it was Mm -hmm. indeed done perfectly. And it puts even parental love, even our, Mm -hmm. like our best efforts for our children, our parents' best efforts for us, just a shame. So flawed. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And in saying like it only exists. Yes. In God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And it is ongoing. Yes. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Thank you for like, yeah. Yes. Yes. We knew what you meant, but we're just going to say what you meant. Um, but that the event, I think what you're saying is that the truest representation of that love, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the first reading in day 16, John three sixteen. which, you know, if you talk about becoming familiar with scripture and not really hearing it, mm-hmm. you know, like let this fall on fresh ears, John three sixteen. for God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. We have a friend recently who lost his dad, and he um, sent us a text message that had his obituary in it, and he said, though he has died, he has not perished. Mm. And I thought, wow, like, that's it. I mean, that's the promise. That's the promise. But when you see it still, right? And that's what Scripture Mm -hmm. tells us. Um, but this is that son that he gave. That's the boy you just sang about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was a real mama's real son. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's wild it is, yeah. to think of it. Like sometimes actually sometimes I feel like I'm, oh, like if I use the word crazy to describe an event in scripture or specifically about Jesus, <laughs> I feel like, oh, I shouldn't say crazy, but like, I don't know if I have a lot of other words to use. Because <laughs> you're like, that's pretty crazy. It's yeah. wild. It's, it's wild. Uh, it's incredible. It's unfathomable. Now we're just having like a yeah. thesaurus time. <laughs> a little party. I love a thesaurus party. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, thesaurus <laughs> party. <laughs> um, but John 15, like this day is just so stacked with mm-hmm. just beautiful scriptures. Jillian, how do you feel about reading? I love to. Aloud. <laughs> I would love to. Um, would you read John 15? I kind of want to read this whole passage. I mean, yes. I think it's got to be the whole Let's passage. Let's do it. Let's do it. 9 through 17. Yeah. Christ-like love. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. 
Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore, because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit, and that your fruit should remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. I mean, this, is, this is the word of the I Lord. <laughs> I think you read scripture the way I just an oof. Yeah. Oof is like yeah. the word of the podcast. Oh my oof. goodness. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends. Friends. It's amazing. I love so that. So kind. So yeah. kind. So generous. Yeah. And this, like what you just said, Rachel, this is the example of love. Like mm-hmm. I, when I was reading this earlier to prepare for our conversation, I thought, okay, what is God's definition of love? And I was like, no, wait, God is the definition of love. Yeah. You know, like God is love and yeah. he is perfect love. And to show us his perfect love, he gave us Jesus. Like yeah. that's how he's our dictionary His expression definition. of love is his son. Yeah. And that the choosing is so big it's for big. me. It's yeah. like, because that's, I mean, I think underneath most of my actions is a desire to feel chosen. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And he just, that's what he did. Yeah. He chose. Yeah. And it's a love that's not dismissive. It's not like, well, I am love and mm-hmm. I am a perfect expression of mm-hmm. love. And so I nailed it. No, it's so, so I invite you into that. Let me show you what love is so that you too can love. Mm -hmm. Like I have loved you, like I have loved the world. Join me in Mm -hmm. loving the world Yes, and and join me in loving each other. I think it's such an inviting love. So Mm -hmm. inviting. And Mm -hmm. it's, I feel like it's easy to say that, you know, when we say God loves everybody and he does, but I think sometimes through me that sort of, um, I forget that. Mm-hmm. Like the blanket statement of he loves everybody does not negate that he chose, mm-hmm. chose each and every one. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Like God so loved the world, mm-hmm. but God loves you, Jillian. God loves you, Rachel. God, you know, like it is, it's easy to kind of, I want to say hide. I don't know if that's the right word, but for me, like that resonates to me because I just feel like I can kind of hide behind like some of these larger statements, the larger statements are often easier for me to believe, to -hmm. say like, oh yes, I know God loves everyone. But Amanda, do you believe that God loves you? I think so. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is one of the things I love in today's reading is the word prove in Romans chapter five. I'll just start at six where it says, for a while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But Hmm. in verse 8, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When I feel unloved or um, not worthy Mm -hmm. of being chosen to be loved, Mm -hmm. 
really, I just need to look to scripture. It's like yeah. the proof is there. Like, look what Jesus and it's not, has done. And it's not God loving the people that loves him because verse 10 says, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more having been reconciled will we be saved by his life? Yeah. It leads us mm-hmm. straight into the very next day. Mm-hmm. It leads us straight into day 17's reading, which tells us that another reason that Jesus came, that Jesus was born, is to heal our wounds. And we know that he doesn't... I mean, this we're going to get... a toughie. It's a toughie. Oh, mm-hmm. it's a toughie. But we're going to get to read about this. There was no waving of a magic wand. Right. Um, the healing of our wounds, and by that, our mortal wound of mm-hmm. the curse... Um, had it took wounding, it took Jesus yeah. being wounded himself. Yeah, Amanda, would you read Isaiah? You want to do 53? Yeah, let's read part of Isaiah 53, um, maybe one through six. How about that? This is the CSB. Who has believed what we have heard, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised, and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses, and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. You can see why day 17 and day 16 go so hand in hand. Yeah. His punishment, the punishment for our peace— Mm-hmm. We got peace, mm-hmm. but it came at a cost. Yes, it did. The cost would only be paid by someone who loved a perfect, great love. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. I appreciate the first person we in, yeah. that, in verse three. And I don't, I mean, I'm not a Hebrew scholar and I can't tell you exactly how that sentence is. <laughs> I um, really wish you would brush up on your Hebrew. And I'm Amanda. working on it. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but where it says, you know, that he was despised and we didn't value him. And I know that Isaiah is talking to real people in real space and time, but I also believe like we didn't value him. Mm -hmm. Like it's that whole, you know, with going back to the garden and that Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve's sin is ours. Mm -hmm. Were we in the garden? No. But is that our sin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we didn't value him. And, well, like, and Roman says we were his enemies. And we were his enemies. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to be, I so value <laughs> this Savior that we're reading about. And it makes me, it grieves my heart that like, that that's a statement mm-hmm. um, that, that is, is true, true of me. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so easy to slip into like, this is our Savior who we do value, but there, it's so easy for me personally to just coast in my life and the valuing, well, how do I spend my time? How do I spend my conversations? How do I spend my work and my, you know, my relationships? Do those things reflect that I value Mm -hmm. him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's just like, it's interesting to, to think about this love and this healing 
um, by being wounded, um, this mm-hmm. healing in the context of Christmas mm-hmm. and in the context of Advent. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, last week we were like, Jesus came to the manger to reign as king forever. Like it's this triumphant mm-hmm. moment of like, yeah, to bring his kingdom come, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the way that that had to happen is this love of, you know, a father sending his only begotten son mm-hmm to be crushed for our iniquities. And so Mm -hmm. there is a triumph in the manger, and there is also a real solemnity Mm -hmm. in the manger that can't be missed. Like, this is why we look at all the different facets of why Jesus came, because it's both. It's triumph Mm -hmm. and it's sorrow. And it's not just spiritual healing that Jesus brings. Yeah. Will you read Matthew 15? For us, we were talking about this yesterday. The healing, this mm-hmm. whole day, day 17, is such a sweet um, walk through kind of the whole of Scripture, because mm-hmm. you get Isaiah, and you get Matthew and Luke, and then you get Revelation. And so in Matthew 15, it says, you know, it's this quick moment of just saying, like, moving on from there, Jesus, so this is in His mm-hmm. living ministry, He passed along the Sea of Galilee, He went up on a mountain and sat there, and large crowds came to Him, including the lame, the blind, the crippled, those unable to speak, and many others. And then this sentence, they put them at His feet, and He healed them. And then in Luke 5, we get the story of the man whose friends lower him through the roof, um, like, yes. this man is paralyzed, help him. And what does Jesus do very first? Friend, your sins are forgiven. forgiven. So not only does he heal bodies, Mm -hmm. um, but he forgives sins. And it's shocking and real unpleasant for the Pharisees. That's not their favorite moment. And then we get Revelation 22, this glorious moment. Mm -hmm. It says, Then he showed me the river of the water of life, clear Mm -hmm. as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the city's main street. This description, Mm -hmm. this physical (laughs) description of glory. Main street. Main street glory. Main street glory. Uh, The tree of life was on each side of the river bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing the fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for healing the nations, and there will no longer be any curse. So Isaiah tells us that surely he bore our wounds, so that the Mm -hmm. punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And Matthew tells us that he healed the sick. And Luke tells us that he... Of course. I mean, everyone tells us he forgave our Mm -hmm. sins. Mm -hmm. And then Revelation just says, like, yes, like heals the nations. Yeah. I mean, it's so powerful. Like, I want to be healed. (laughs) Tears coming, just like that, that promise there will be no curse. Yeah. And like that, you don't realize, I'm sorry, goodness, it's that song, Jillian. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> and you don't realize how heavy the curse feels mm-hmm, until mm-hmm. you hear like, oh, that's a real promise. When, mm-hmm. when, until you hear that the curse exists and that it is heavy and that it's going to be lifted. It's going to be gone. And the promise that brought us peace, the promise that brought us the first advent, secure, mm-hmm. um, is it the same promise that brings us the second advent, yes. the second coming of Christ. And in that, the healing of the nations and the erasing of the curse. I love that. Not even the erasing, the conquering of the curse. I love that only God can make, it's like the wounding is the seed for the healing. It's like, I don't know, getting ahead, but yeah. a few no, readings later, it's they're like all connected. the seed, it's like the corruptibility is a seed for incorruptibility. First Corinthians 15. And it's like, oh. Only God can take this, yeah. you know, 
this wounding and it is the seed. It's not for a healing. seed. It's the seed for healing. That's incredible. Yeah. It is. And I think we all have people, like when we read things like this, we have people that we know and love that come to mind who have suffered or are suffering or, you know, friends with chronic pain and chronic illnesses and, you know, so many people. And then you read something like this and you think, man, this promise, I think about it in terms of the people I can reach out and touch in my life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then you think about this promise is for the nations, that that weightiness of the curse that I feel, just myself and those you know attached to me mm-hmm. in, in everyday life, you think about that collective heaviness mm-hmm. the world over, mm-hmm. and then it'll be lifted, it's that it's joy incredible. to the world. Like the yeah. Lord has come mm-hmm. like far as the curse is found. Yes, yes, He yes. comes to make his blessings flow. And yeah. the answer to how far is the curse found, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's deep so and wide. permeating. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love, there's a line in that Luke 5 story about the friends. First of all, I love that they couldn't find a way to bring him in, mm-hmm. so they made one. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are good friends. Mm-hmm. I want to be that friend, and I want those be friends. Be the friend that gets your friend to Jesus. Yes. Yeah, but there's a line in that story where it's kind of in the setup in verse um, 17 where it's talking about Jesus says, the Lord's power to heal was in him. Yes. And so just hmm. that, like, Jesus, I mean, we see from the fact that he does heal in his earthly ministry but even just that statement is so powerful that Jesus held the power of God to heal. And he is God. You know, I mean, here we go. Trinity is hard to talk about. But, um, <laughs> but that Jesus had, has, and continues to have mm-hmm. that power to heal. And mm-hmm. I think I'm so challenged on this particular topic because, and I think we as a church can feel really there's a tension here about healing and our earthly, mm-hmm. like our physical bodies. And, and we pray for healing and we believe for healing and all of those things. And yet we know that while we know that Jesus has the power to heal full mm-hmm. stop, we don't always experience and the people that we love don't always experience healing here. Mm-hmm. Right. And when my youngest was in, in, as a matter of fact, we all die. 100% mortality yeah. right? And I mean, even those that Jesus raised back to life also died mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. you know, except for himself. Mm-hmm. And then who raised Jesus? raised Jesus? Did God raise Jesus? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> Trinity. Yeah. Hashtag Trinity. Um, but so, you know, there were times when people would pray for our youngest when he was you know, very near death. And they would, you know, what you don't want when your child is walking that line between life and death. Very fragile place. Yeah. You don't want someone to pray out loud for you to hear that they be healed in this life or the next. Mm -hmm. That's not in that moment. That's not Mm -hmm. right. No, no, no. Right Mm -hmm. now would be great. Like yesterday, please, Uh would be fantastic. Um, And I do think that there is a part of me And I think we as a church, if I can generalize us, that we kind of feel like those who, yes, yes, healing in the life to come is a thing. Mm -hmm. That is true. We believe that. Mm -hmm. But we really, really feel like maybe those who aren't healed here are getting kind of the short end of the deal. Mm -hmm. And reading this and reading Revelation 22, it just reminds me that like any earthly healing, any earthly healing is a signpost pointing us Mm -hmm. To Jesus mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. 
our restored bodies. Like that is a thing that scripture talks about. And we're going to talk about it again in a few days. We get Romans 8.18 and I'm going to hop forward and read it because it's so I mean, I'm hopping with related. you because I want to talk about John 11 after that. In the To Make All Things New day, we have Romans 8.18. For I consider... This is Paul. Bring it, Paul. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. And then it talks about us later in verse 23. We also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Yeah. Now in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope, because who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. Mm -hmm. And then I love that it's followed by, in the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Because mm -hmm. the Lord knows as well, and we are weak in believing that promise. But it's just true. And it's hard to believe, but it's true that our earthly suffering, and earthly suffering is awful Mm -hmm. and hard. And guaranteed. And guaranteed. But it's still Mm -hmm. not worth comparing to our future Mm. glory. Yeah. Like you can say it's not worth comparing to our future glory without dismissing the earthly suffering. Yes. Yes. And I believe that. Yes. I just have to remember that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were... Creation was subjected mm-hmm. to futility. Yeah. It's like, again, it's the seed. It's like yeah. the bondage. I wrote over here on the side, just like First Corinthians 15. Yep. Mm. It's here. Again, we see that bondage is a seed to freedom. Decay is a seed to glory. Man, and when you put that in the conversation of healing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it makes me think of um, John 11 and Mary and Martha at the tomb of their brother. Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And and that's... I, don't we read that this week, Yeah, too? that's day 19. We are jumping everywhere, I and it. I don't even care, <laughs> no, because it's great. scripture is all one book, and it's telling a story, and it's the same story. Um, but at the grave of Lazarus, Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yes. Um, Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And she says, I know, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection (laughs) of the last day, which like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also like, I'm really glad Martha has good theology. Like she knows what's true. Mm -hmm. She knows Mm -hmm. whether she knows her Bible or knows her Jesus. Like she knows that there's a promise Mm -hmm. that she can count on. She's not questioning Mm -hmm. like, oh no, what will happen now? Uh, She knows. Mm -hmm. But Jesus said to her, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And then she gives this beautiful profession of faith. She says, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes into the world. And then Jesus does go on to bring Lazarus back to life. And it's beautiful. And there's so much about that story. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really sets the wheels turning. It's It's sort of the turning point of Jesus' ministry that leads him to the cross um, because it upsets the Pharisees so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But in that moment of him just interacting with this young woman and just saying, I am the resurrection Mm -hmm. and life. And whether he Mm -hmm. lives in this life or the life to come, like, I'm the resurrection. Yes. Mm -hmm. I really want to know. I found myself wondering, like wanting to see her face and hear the expression Mm -hmm. of, if you would have been here, 
you know, because that, yeah, I feel like our sufferings on earth are often like, I just love the picture of humanity there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe she was graciously and it's proclaiming. Also, and that also is a statement of faith. Because you know? like she knows, like, yeah, that's man, Jesus, so had you been here, yes. I know that you have the, yeah. power, the power to, to stop heal. death yeah. is in him. And, and he's she going, knew I that. have the power even to reverse death. Lazarus is a first fruit in a sense, but I'm gonna do this too. Mm-hmm. It's such a remarkable story. And I'm gonna stay alive. Yeah, right. That's that's yeah. the true first fruit of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Is, Lazarus is, is not the first fruit of the resurrection. No, no, no. no. Jesus. Jesus is. Like yeah. he just goes like I have power over death, but these people will die again. Yeah. I'll live forever. It's a remarkable story because they, you know, he receives word. They send word that Lazarus is sick and dying. Mm-hmm. And he waits mm-hmm. before he goes. And so by the time he gets there, Lazarus has been in the tomb 4 days. Mm-hmm. And so they are, you know, understandably upset. Yeah. That question that she asks, I'm so fascinated by that question too, because Mary asks the exact same question separately. Mm-hmm. And so you got to think that like, that's probably all they've talked about mm-hmm. in between tears since Lazarus has died and been buried. It's like, where is Jesus? Mm-hmm. We know him. He loves us. He could have stopped this. Yeah. And he joins them in their grief. And then, yes. And that he too cries. To me, that out is against death. Right. And when he sees his friends, Mary and Martha, crying, and when Mary, it's when Mary comes to him and says, Lord, if you had been here, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have died. And it mm-hmm. says that Jesus was deeply troubled in his spirit. And then a couple of verses later is when like, they take him to the tomb mm-hmm. and it's Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why we can't. In our conversation. And like wept's not like single tear. No, like, that's not weeping. Wept. That's a like single tear. The, this man, this grown man mm-hmm. just wept in sorrow over death, like over mm-hmm. the curse. And like that's two words, but it tells us so mm-hmm. much about not just that he has the power to bring life from dead things, but like the curse is sorrowful to him as well. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah. we talk about to show us perfect love in that moment, Jesus was showing perfect love. He wasn't just going like, let's get to the fix. He was going, mm-hmm. no, I'm actually with you here right now. And I yes. feel this. Yeah. In yeah. the middle. Mm-hmm. In the middle. I think that's why all of these days are hard to separate in our conversation. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. the connector here is Jesus and that he is not a savior who comes in like, you know, in majesty, like the way mm-hmm. you would expect, right? Yeah. Like, no, it was the baby in Mary's arms, mm-hmm. like you just sang. Yeah. And he doesn't, you know, prove himself to be impervious to their attempts to, you know, harm him or whatever. Like, no, he was physically hurt. He suffered. He cried. He had emotions. Mm-hmm. And like, that scripture tells us he's a man of sorrows. Mm-hmm. Like we just read it. And it said this version, this translation said he knew what sickness was, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other versions say uh, acquainted with grief. And the fact that our Savior is the suffering servant, mm-hmm. that we don't have a Savior who did all the right things to, you know, got the job done, but doesn't mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Like that's not who he is.
All right, friends, I can't wait to get back to today's episode. But before we do, I want to take a moment to tell you about Food for the Hungry. I've told you before that I personally love the mission of Food for the Hungry because of the work that they're doing around the world. When they enter a community, they listen for the immediate needs in the surrounding area. By partnering with local churches and families and developing local leaders, Thousands of some of the most vulnerable communities are now sustainably thriving through the work of Food for the Hungry. In addition to meeting physical needs, it's also amazing to know that this work is being done with the message of the gospel. And now, Food for the Hungry makes it even easier for us to give back. Here's how it works. Text the word FOOD to 484848 to receive daily Advent scriptures and to learn more about how rounding up your spare change can make a real difference. If you choose to round up your spare change, every time you make a purchase, it will be automatically rounded up to the nearest dollar. That extra change will be used to fund the efforts of Food for the Hungry, where they are actively serving some of the most vulnerable children in the world. Okay, you may be asking, can this really make a difference? And the answer is yes. The spare change that you round up will specifically help impact children most affected by the current COVID crisis. It's amazing to see how such a simple thing like our spare change can help with such a complicated issue. So once again, text FOOD to 484848 to receive our daily Advent scripture and to find out how you can give back through Food for the Hungry. Okay, let's get back to the show. The final day, it's not the last day of this week, but it's kind of the final day that we haven't talked about yet, is that Jesus Christ is born to be the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. That's day 18 in the reading. And um, I always put, every time we're talking about this reading plan, which we've talked about for months now, because mm-hmm. this took, you know, a while, mm-hmm. Um I always say to be the actual Lamb of God, and I like I edited it to you add did it write because the actual it's Lamb like of God. the actual Lamb of God. Yes. like that it's, is who He was, is as we. If the purpose of us doing these daily readings, being women in the Word of God every day, is to prepare us for Christmas mm-hmm. um, and also to meet with God daily, I love this. I love this mm-hmm. day specifically because we start in Exodus and it describes the Passover story. Mm-hmm. It's the people of Israel in slavery um, in Egypt, and Moses is is going to lead them out of Egypt, and God is using him to do that. And the big moment, the big Passover moment, is like, hey, final plague. We need mm-hmm. Pharaoh to let you go, and this is how it's going to go. And it's bloody and awful. And like lambs are bloodied, humans are bloodied. It is a mm-hmm. bloody time. I told you I was going to have this conversation without it being too bloody, but I've just you said, said the <laughs> word maybe 16 I'm, times. I'm sorry. I'm pull that back a little bit. <laughs> but it's not a beautiful moment um, yeah. by the world standards. But it is this moment where every household mm-hmm. takes a spotless lamb or goat and uses the blood over their doorpost so that the angel of death will pass them over. And in that, they have unleavened bread, and they're in a hurry, and, mm-hmm. they're, and they're headed out. And it institutes for them this tradition of the Passover so that every year they celebrate Passover and they remember that God delivered them, that God not only passed over mm-hmm. the doorpost of their home and preserved the life of their sons, but they, the blood of a spotless lamb mm-hmm. uh, was used instead. 
And not only did that blood of the spotless lamb save their children, um, but in that moment, it was enough for Pharaoh to release them from Egypt, mm-hmm. and they were mm-hmm. released from slavery yeah. all because of that. Mm-hmm. It's such a big moment, and it became an annual festival. And it, and then Jesus, and then Jesus becomes is the born lamb. and gives his life at Passover, yeah, in Easter. But he comes to the manger in this moment, and and Luke too tells us, you know, when there were shepherds, you know, out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flock at night, and there is speculation. We don't know if this is true or not true, but the fields near Bethlehem would have possibly been where mm-hmm. the the Passover lambs were born and raised, and that in Bethlehem, wow. Jesus a spotless lamb would be born in a manger or a barn or a cave, but we're not exactly sure, uh, but that he would be born the spotless Mm -hmm. lamb of God Mm -hmm. and that his blood would be shed in a bloody way once Mm -hmm. and for all to wash away the sins of the world to the Passover of death because of the curse, the the forever death, Mm -hmm. the eternal. We instead get eternal life. I feel like this, you know, put the blood over your door and, you know, he spared our homes. We'll tell our kids about this. He's like, let me spell it out for you. Yes. Let me spell it out for you. (laughs) Just like you put the blood on the door, like my blood. Yes. Like this is a curse and you need my We have to read some of this. And you're right. It does spell it out. In fact, in the first chapter of John, John the Baptist, this final prophet declaring that Jesus is coming. In fact, it's so imminent that in John chapter 1, verse 29, he shouts, look. I think he's shouting. It doesn't say he shouted, but... I mean, it's John. I don't think that he was, like, being Passively, discreet. Right. Yeah, I don't think so. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and he's gesturing to Jesus coming toward him. Yes. It is not unclear. I love mm-hmm. that. And then in First Peter... Amanda, do you want to read from First Actually, Peter? Actually, no, I want to read from First Corinthians Oh, yeah. 5, Sorry for skipping. Because, talk about spelling it out, in case we missed it, Paul, <laughs> Paul helps us out. Paul always does. Yeah, and he says in verse 7, for Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. But I mean, it's just like that one line Mm -hmm. is... To be clear. To be clear, Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Yes, and then 1 Peter 1... Verse 18. Jillian, read it to us. For you know that you were redeemed from the empty way of life inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. That's right. Wow. It is, again, so beautifully Mm -hmm. clear. This is the gospel, and the gospel is colorful (laughs) and beautiful because that is true. It is also true that he reigns as king forever. Like all of these ways to look at Jesus. Yeah. I love that this week of Advent is joy. Yeah. By the way, it's like, it's like the, you know, we see the, the curse and sorrows and suffering. Mm-hmm. And it's like must drive the enemy crazy that we the, should this is we the, should the find joy. joy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree. The end of that passage in verse twenty of that same first Peter one passage, he was known before the foundation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for you. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. And I just underlined, starred, exclamation point, because <laughs> I just, it's so simple and it's so easy to forget. My faith and my hope are in God. God is not a means 
to an end Mm-mm. of faith and hope. Like you know, like it's not an outcome or a particular blessing or I don't know any of that that my faith and hope are in. My faith and hope are in God. Mm-hmm. And just how we in the very first reading we're talking about like the definition of love is God. God is love. Yeah. And the perfect example of love is Jesus. And in life, like where I am the resurrection and the life, yeah, Martha, Mary, mm-hmm. it's me. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is life. He gives life, yes, but he is life. And so for this to go like, oh, it really is like all of these things, love, joy, peace, they are a person. Mm-hmm. Like our peace is Jesus. Our hope is mm-hmm. Jesus. Our love, it's Jesus. Our joy is Jesus. Yeah. And that's the only way this works. It's the only way the gospel works because as soon as you try to change that equation and say, well, okay, my faith is in God, but my joy is in my children or mm-hmm. whatever, right. you know? Sure. Nope. Or my, my treasure, whatever you right, treasure. Whatever it is. Or like my faith is in God, but my hope is really in a positive medical outcome mm-hmm. in this situation. Well, I mean, that's not it. Mm-hmm. The hope of the gospel is only the real, true, lasting hope if we don't add anything to it, and it's just Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we planned it this way, but the song that you have to sing to us is Away in a Manger. Yes. And it feels so sweet to be talking about this hope and joy, um, and also to be talking about this Passover lamb mm-hmm. who was born in Bethlehem and that there were shepherds in a field mm-hmm. nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. And Julian, even now, I want you to just take us to that manger. I would love for you to sing that song for us to. and kind of, as we um, kind of quiet ourselves and like enter into that space, I think music just has such a beautiful way of taking what we know to be true mm-hmm. from Scripture and um, really kind of putting putting flesh on it. Sounds gross. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed it to say? It takes us to a picture. It yeah. Takes us. yeah. It takes us there and helps us envision it and really be present there. So, okay, let's hear it. Away in a manger No crib for a bed The little Lord Jesus down his sweet head the stars in the sky look down where he lay the little lord jesus asleep on the Tender care and 
love that song. Such a good song. So simple. Yes. So simple. Well, and I love remembering that this is not a fairy tale, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Jesus came as a a human baby Mm -hmm. with a human mama. I mean, we've talked about this, and a human papa. And she sang to him. We don't have scriptural record of that, but I am sure that she hummed to him, sang to him, rocked him. I mean, she Mm -hmm. was his mom. Mm -hmm. And like, and... I think that that's what makes, like, it's not like, oh, we think that Jesus literally didn't cry because Mm -hmm. that's what a perfect baby does. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they're like theological, like we could like. All of the nerdy questions, like, was it a silent night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Blah, blah. Yeah. But but what I love about those songs, and one of the things I love about those songs is that they're lullabies and they remind us of like the tenderness of the moment. Exactly. And yeah, and that's just, there's something so profound about that. I love that. Mm. So before we go on to our benediction and closing this episode, partly because I don't want it to end, and so I'm just delaying the inevitable. Just keep asking <laughs> just questions. But we have Jillian here as such a fantastic guest, and I want to ask you Christmas questions. I love I want to just Christmas talk questions. Christmas again for a minute. I mean, obviously, we've been talking Christmas this whole time, but mm-hmm. talk to us about your Christmas experience. So we talked about Advent, but like What about like Christmas gifts? Like what was the best Christmas gift you got as a kid or as an adult? Okay. So I have a kid favorite and an adult favorite. Oh, perfect. So um, we got got lots of fun things, but my favorite Bible to use is Mm. the one I remember opening. I, I was either eight or nine and it, you know, I think we all maybe were given a Bible the Christmas following when we started our each, you know, personal walk with the Lord. And such a good gift. Such a good gift. It's just a special day that you knew was coming for you. I have a twin brother and two older sisters and so we each got our own fancy Bible with our name, oh, you know, sweet. my name in gold on the front. It's a white Bible and oh, gold. That's the best. Um gold like, you know, the outside of the pages and um, the gold leafing. The yes. gold leafing. Yes, yes, yes. That's what it is. Uh-huh. And so I still that's my favorite one to still use and it just makes me feel like the same, yes. you know, the same little child who was, and it was you know, your Bible, like when you were beginning to walk with yes, the Lord. Yes. Oh, that's sweet. That's it has a little good like gift. pink highlighter in it, yes, and um, that's right. My signature in the front, and maybe some Hello Kitty stickers. <gasps> oh, never know. There's actually a Hello Kitty sticker on it. Whoa. Called it. <laughs> Whoa, called it. <laughs> it's so that's super fun and just nostalgic. But then, as an adult, my husband gave me the guitar. I was just playing. Oh, um, that's a good yeah, gift. Yeah, it's a mini. Like, yeah, it's I a, noticed it's a, a little, little guy. smaller. Yeah. I like that. So um, that was for my 30th. Our wedding anniversary and Christmas and my birthday are all like kind of right there together. So it was my... You wrote a yeah. song about that. Yes. What? Yes. Okay, remind me what it's called. It's because called I, All My Christmases. I have randomly heard it twice this week. And what? It's, I know. Crazy. I, anyway, I... I think it is the sweetest song. All my Christmases. Y'all go listen to it. We'll link it in the show notes because it's so So sweet. sweet. And you wrote it. Yes. yes. Did you write it before you got married or after? I wrote it uh, just after we got married about getting married. married. Yes. Because we had a December wedding. It's darling. Thank you. It's such a good song. It's such a good like add to your favorite Christmas songs. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. So what about like, did you guys have like a cool tradition as kids? We always, the first 
present that we opened on Christmas Eve. We still do it when I go to my parents' house. <laughs> um, we open the first present um, from my parents, and you act like you don't know what it is, but it's always pajamas. It's always <laughs> yes. And then you go run to your room and put on your pajamas and come back, and then you get to open the rest We of do that at our house, too, we and do. it feels like it's officially Christmas yes. when the Christmas jammies are on. Do they yes. all match, or does everybody kind of no, get their own thing? they're all chosen just for your okay. style. Okay, and you know what? Honestly, that's maybe nicer. <laughs> it's great. Because I have a 14-year-old son now, and I'm like, how many years can he wear? Yeah, Anna how Anderson long can we make this last? Although those are so precious. They're so cute, but he's like almost six feet tall, oh, so it man. gets awkward. <laughs> try, please try this here. I'm, I'm just going to give it a shot. Just keep going until he says respectfully. Mom. I draw the line here. <laughs> Mom. This is unless dad is also wearing these, then I'm out. <laughs> oh, but then you get to play you say, Well, well Ryan, it's up gotta, to you. You gotta wear them now. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to do that. Oh, I love that. Okay, final Christmassy question because they're just too good to stop. Um, favorite Christmas song? Oh, holy night. Yeah. I think Mariah. Mariah style. <laughs> oh Mariah. Just really go for it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you get to perform that? I do. It's a challenging one to perform. No it's kidding. A, it's a big song, but I love the, it's like this, you know, you have this tenderness and preciousness to it. And then you, every time you get to the fall on your knees, it's like it's reverence. Yeah. Big. It's like, and it's so theologically rich. Mm-hmm. Like his law is love. His yes. gospel is peace. Yeah. We'll just hit pause and give me a and minute. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to write that down. Yes. Come back to it later. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah, I mean, great choice. Honestly. Oh, man. Yeah, I a good one. think there is a correct answer to that question, <laughs> and that was the correct answer. You win a prize. Oh, wonderful. We, yes. had, we had Dave Barnes a couple of weeks ago, and he couldn't pick. Like, he was just like fully paralyzed, frozen, and then was like the Mariah Carey song. And I was like, You're canceled. Like, we can't. <laughs> you're going to have to pick something else. He's like, I don't know. He landed on Silent Night, but I still uh, think he bailed. I don't think he landed. Yeah. Oh, Dave. Oh, it's Dave. hard to pick. It's hard to pick, especially on the spot. Yeah. 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 And now we're just talking about him. He's not in the room, it's which true. is just hurtful. Sorry about that. Sorry, Dave. Dave. Hi, Dave. <laughs> well, this has been such a delight. And our hypothesis held up that we can, not having known each other or even had a conversation, the three of us, before now, we can open God's word together and, and learn from each other. And learn from each other and learn from it. And yes. Fine. It makes us kindred spirits. It does. It, it does. Mm-hmm. It is. And we said that when we were meeting to earlier quote when Lucy you got Maud here. Montgomery. Who? Ellen Montgomery. Oh. I mean, she probably didn't coin the phrase kindred spirits, but kind of, right? Did Anna she? Green wow. Gables. No, I don't know. I don't know if she did or not, but sorry. <laughs> I'm just like just yes, delaying continue. the inevitable <laughs> end of this episode. No, but when you came in, it was like, oh, you're our friend we haven't met yet. Yeah. Because it That's feels like yeah. we're friends. And so now we are. It's official. Yeah. Annie Downs uses her podcast like that because it's supposed to be just her friends, but then she'll get people that she does not She's actually know. Yeah. And then they have to be her friend because that's the rule to be on that's the podcast. That's the rule. Yeah. So, new rule. Um, Give us a benediction. Yeah. Let's have a word to go out. Um, I keep going back and forth as we keep talking, and I just, um, it's rather predictable, but I'm going to read from Revelation, Revelation 21. Yes. <laughs> because of Mary's lullaby. Yeah. Wow. Listen to this word of the Lord from Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. 
grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. This is the word of the Lord. I mean, that is the advent that we're waiting for. Jesus Christ, as we talked about this week, was born to show us perfect love, mm-hmm. to heal our wounds, to be the Lamb of God, to be the first fruits of the resurrection, and to make all things new. Oh, thank thanks guys. be to God. Uh, and thanks be to God. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> and thanks God. Be to God. So next week is Christmas week. Ah! Believe it or not, Drew and Ellie Holcomb will be joining oh, us for that episode. Sweetest. We're so excited to have them. Um, friends listening, if you um, are joining us on YouTube every Tuesday in December, we are releasing episodes of the not-so-official she Reads Truth cooking show. Yes. And My culinary prowess is, is impressive. Yeah, we, we make some <laughs> mistakes. We make some success. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's fun. We have a good time. Um, so that our next episode releases tomorrow, and that'll be the third episode of four. Listen, Jillian, this is our close, and you know the answer. Until next week, what do we say? Keep opening your Bibles. Keep opening your Bibles.